2014, we reached some unforgettable milestones in the life of our church, from the launch of Celebration Orlando to experiencing incredible growth here in Jacksonville and internationally. We are blown away by God's faithfulness, and we celebrate all he's done this past year. The best is yet to come for Celebration Church. God has even greater things in store in 2015. Thanks to your generosity and commitment to building a legacy through the local church, we plan to use the Heart for the House offerings to expand our local and global ministries here in Jacksonville, Orange Park, Costa Rica, Northern Ireland, Zimbabwe, Greece, and Israel. It is our prayer that even more people will come to experience the God-first life and the love of Jesus. Reaching people is what it's all about. In addition to expanding locally and globally, we believe there's a God-given mandate for Celebration Church to bring the message of the gospel to thousands of middle and high school students here in our community. We're in a battle, and the beachhead is for our students. video there is a, is a bit uh, harsh and a bit shocking, but you know, that is the reality for many of today's young people. And uh, in fact, this week I was just looking at some of the latest statistics and the latest statistic says that 40%, 40% of teenagers have actually thought about suicide. Think about that. 40% of teenagers in America have thought about suicide. What does that say about the hope for the next generation. Uh, also statistics say now that over half, half of our uh, teenagers are, they're taking drugs. Over half of the students in America take drugs. And then the most alarming statistic of me, uh, to me is you even have to go back younger. And that is that the average age now that kids are exposed to pornography, not the youngest age, the average age, where a kid is exposed to pornography for the first time is the age of eight, eight years old. And these things and many other things are having a catastrophic effect on our young people. But here's what I know. The Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. 
And that's what this legacy series has been all about, church. God has called us to raise up a standard against the enemy. And the Bible says where sin abounds, grace that much more abounds. And I'm telling you, in the midst of all of this chaos, in the midst of all of this stuff going on with our young people in America, we are going to see the greatest revival. We are going to see the greatest move of God in our young people in Jacksonville and in America than we, that we have ever seen in the history of this nation. Come on, do you believe that? Will you give God a hand? For that. That's what this legacy series has been all about. And that is what today is all about. Today is our annual Heart for the House offering. So if you're visiting Celebration Church for the first time, this is our annual offering where we bring our very best offering, a heart uh, for God's house. We bring our very best offering today, cash offering to finish strong in 2014 and to sow a seed for 2015. It's also today that we turn in our faith estimates. We don't really call them pledges because no one calls you. You don't get a letter, no one, anything like that, but of what God puts on your heart to give over and above uh, your tithe in 2015. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, well, first of all, come on, let's welcome in Orange Park, St. John's, all of our campuses right now. Come on, give them a big, big hand. So glad that you're with us today. If you have your Bibles, I'm gonna ask you to go ahead and go to John chapter 12, John chapter 12, verse one. And as you're doing that, I kind of wanna read the theme scripture that we've been talking about in this legacy series. It says, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. You, what, you, whatever you sow, you reap. And we've been talking about that. If you sow a little, you reap a little. If you sow a lot, you reap a lot. It works both positive and negatively. And God's real strong on this language. If you don't believe that you reap what you sow, you're deceived. That's exactly what scripture says here. Come on, would y'all want a nice fluffy Christmas message? You can get that in a couple of weeks with the Grinch, all right? We're talking about the gospel and advancing God's kingdom today. Look, it says, verse eight, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, everybody say opportunity. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. This is where our theme scripture for our annual heart for the household or heart for the house where we have an opportunity to give above and beyond to finance the gospel to expand in our city and around the world. And we're gonna take a look at a great example of that in scripture. I'm gonna read in John chapter 12 and then in Mark 14, same, same story here. It's in two Gospels. First of all, John chapter 12, verse one, it says six days before the Passover celebration began. So this is basically about a week before Jesus was crucified. Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. So there's all kind of typology in this. You know, Bethany, it's a, it's a, it's a great example or, or, or typology of the house of God. You know, we have Lazarus. It's the testimony of the resurrection. We have Martha who's serving. And then we have Mary who's worshiping here. But in this story here, it, the Bible gives us an example of a very specific type of worship. And it goes on to say, a dinner was prepared in Jesus honor. By the way, if you're new to celebration, that's why the name of our church is Celebration 
church. You know, we're not celebrating ourselves. We're not celebrating what's wrong with the world. We're celebrating Jesus and what's right about him. Every weekend, what we wanna do is this, is this is a gathering in Jesus' honor. Come on, can you give Jesus some honor today? So dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, Lazarus was among those uh, there. And verse three, it says, then Mary took a 12 ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard. Now look, ladies, I don't know what type of perfume you're using, but I'm just telling you, this essence of nard sounds like some good stuff. Know what I'm saying? Come on, I mean, the essence of nard. All right, sorry. Okay, so it says, it goes on to say, look, the, the, she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said that perfume was worth a year's wages. It was worth a year's wages. That is some expensive perfume, wouldn't you say? Worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. The Bible goes on to say, not that he cared for the poor, he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. And then the story kind of continues. We get a little bit more detail over in Mark chapter 14. I'll begin reading at verse six. It says, then Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. In other words, this is a special opportunity. This is a unique opportunity here. This is an opportunity for worship, for intimacy with Jesus that's, that's special, that's unique. That's what he's saying here. So she has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world. This woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. That's what we're doing today. It doesn't say whenever the gospel is preached, but wherever the gospel is preached. We preach the gospel from Jacksonville, Florida right here. And we're actually discussing what Mary did. And then in verse 10, it says, then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, went to the leading priest to arrange to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted when they had heard why he had come. And, he, and they promised to give him what? Money. So what we see here is we see two opportunities, two situations with money. One that Mary had, one that Judas had. And it goes on to say, so he began looking for an opportunity, there's that word again, to betray Jesus. I wanna talk to you about the opportunity that lies in front of you today. And I've simply entitled this message as we conclude our legacy series, A Heart for the House, A Heart for the house. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, right now, for the next 25 minutes or so, God, I pray that you silence the voice of the enemy and I pray that people would hear your voice loud and clear. Jesus, we thank you that you're an awesome God and we thank you for the privilege of serving you and worshiping you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen, what I wanna do is I wanna get right into law number five. We've been talking about the five laws of legacy and we've been doing one every week. We've been over the previous uh, four. I'll give them to you real quick. We only reap what has been sown. We reap the same kind as we sow. You reap in a different season than you sow. A good harvest requires planting in the right field. And today 
We're gonna look at this story and we're gonna talk about law number five. That is, if you miss the opportunity to sow, you miss the opportunity to harvest. If you miss the opportunity to sow, you miss the opportunity to harvest. Let me say it this way in context of a lot what we've been talking about over the fast, over the fast. We'll be talking a lot over the fast in January. How many of y'all are excited about the fast? Yeah. If you're not, you're gonna be excited after you stuff yourself all Christmas and New Year's. You're gonna be ready. You're gonna be ready for the fast. But what we've been talking about, we could say it this way. If you don't fight the battle, you don't get the spools. If you don't fight the battle, you don't get the spools. And we know that God is, is calling Celebration Church in this next season. Listen, church, we are going to war. The three things that I've talked about over this series are what God spoke to me this summer as I was in a time of seeking God. He spoke to me very powerfully. He said, Stovall, you better all, you know, conferences, books, all that's good. You better focus on celebration and the people of celebration and what I have called you to do here or you're gonna miss out on some big opportunities. The next thing that God spoke to me was this. He said, we're going to war. We're going to war. I was like, God, what, who's going to war? You and me, what, what do you mean we're, we're going to war? And that's when God showed me. Did you heard in that video, the, the wars for the youth of this city and the youth of America. That is the beachhead. That is where, if you wanna get in on where I am, that is where I am. And I've called Celebration Church to get out there and reach the youth of this city because I wanna bring a great revival to the youth in this city and a youth in the, to the youth in this nation. Come on, how many of you believe that? Part of our Heart for the House offering, 300,000 of that is going towards our youth and next generation. And, and you'd say, Stovall, how can we spend 300,000 on youth? Very easily. I'll say that. If you're familiar with our Shine Conference, some of you ladies are familiar with our Shine Conference, right? Right? Okay, so imagine a conference like that for youth, but instead of once a year, it's every month. Okay, that, that's what we're talking about. I'm talking, we are gonna go into every school. We're going into every highway and byway. We are gonna build a world-class discipleship program. We are gonna equip parents how to, 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 to speak into their young person and build their core and build their identity. Young people, listen, they are stuck. The reason the enemy has them in such a vice is because they don't know who they are. They, have, they don't have their core built. And I'm telling you that their true father, their heavenly father, father God wants to speak to them and he's gonna do it through us and they're gonna come into the purposes of God. So you better get fired up and I don't care if your football team won or lost yesterday. We've been talking about, Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against my church and that's what the enemy does. He builds gates in the city and this leads into the third thing that God spoke to me about. What the, the, the way that Satan keeps people captives, he builds gates, he builds fences. If you think about it, if you have a fence around your yard, what that fence is designed to do is to keep some things out and to keep some things in. Okay, the enemy works the same way. The gates of hell, he builds a fence around our youth. You know what? He wants to keep God and freedom and love and joy and purpose and all that out. He wants to keep in addiction and sexual immorality and perversion and hopeful, hopelessness and all those kind of things. That's what he wants to keep in. He wants to put a fence around this city. 
He wants this city to be godless. He wants all the the brokenness and the hate and all that stuff to to be in this city. He wants God and life and freedom out. I'm telling you, God spoke to me. So you're gonna build a, we're gonna build a wall around this city. We're gonna build God's gate. We're gonna have this arena as a hub and we're gonna do six campuses all around the city. Part of the heart for the house offering, it's the land uh, for Orange Park and the land for St. John's, their fence posts, their towers. We're gonna build a God gate and you know what? We're getting the enemy out, we're getting sin out, we're getting perversion out, we're getting brokenness out and we're gonna get the life of God in and we're gonna see a revival and we're gonna see God move and I believe in doing this, God's gonna shake us. Man, we 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 gotta get out of the slumber. Well, this, this message is very, I don't like this message. You're mean. Listen, you're not getting any candy canes from me today. Okay, you can get candy canes at the Grinch or whatever. Let me tell you what today is about. And it's a, it's, we have these once a year, every Sunday. You know what it is? It's an alarm. It's a Sabbath. It's a pause. You know what it is? It's like in the Psalms. Selah means pause. You know what it is? We got all this stuff going on. It's time to take a pause and to remember what's important and to focus on Jesus and his vision and what's important to him in 2015 and what he's called us to do. Your happiness and your fulfillment is directly tied to your relationship with God and your engagement in his purpose and his vision for your life. Can I have an amen? So what, thank you all four of y'all, the rest of y'all need to clap. Is anybody gonna amen me today? Do I have any ameners in here? Y'all front row, y'all have to amen or I'm kicking y'all to the other rows. What was I talking about? Amen, yes. That, that's, what, that's what today is about. It's about us connecting with God's vision. See, here's, here's where many people are. Here's where most people are. Here's where most Christians are. They're looking into 2015. You know what they're saying? They're saying, God, provide for me. Bless my plans. And, and that's the word provision, right? We all wanna be provided for, right? We all need provision to live and all that, right? God is our provider, right? But that word provision, provision, it actually means for the vision. And the problem is that everyone's like, Lord, bless my vision, bless my plans, bless my this, bless my that. But God's like, my provision is for the vision. If you're not connected to God's vision, you're not gonna have the provision that you need for your vision. That was good preaching. I'm just, I'm gonna put a speaker on, and I need one of those, I need where I can hit it and be like, amen. And put a speaker over there and be like, good preaching. Speaker, okay. If you don't fight the battle, you don't get the spools. If you miss the opportunity, so you miss the opportunity to harvest. And we see a great picture of this in John chapter 12. Let me unpack this real quickly, okay? And, uh, and then we're gonna, we're gonna come forward, we're gonna bring our offering and we're gonna bring our uh, faith estimates for 2015. It's so powerful. Picture of the house of God here. Look at verse three, it says, then Mary you know, took this jar of very expensive, of expensive perfume and she pours it on Jesus' feet. Now let me tell you what's going on here, okay? There, weren't, there were not banks back 
in these days. So the way that people save money or secured their future with finances, they would buy things like expensive oils or perfumes or maybe even spices. If you could, it might be silver or, silver or gold, but they would buy these kind of things and then they would go bury them like somewhere you know, in their house or, or especially in a field. That's why when, if you're familiar with the parable, you know, the pearl of great price and a treasure in a field, it made total sense to them that way because that was people's livelihood. That was their retirement. That was their financial future, so to speak. If they got to the point where they could save something up like Mary did here, she got this, this uh, perfume it was worth a year's wages. So if we apply that to today's economics, this would be like $75,000. And she hit it. This was her retirement. This was her, uh, what she thought she would need for her future. If I could say this, this was her vision. This was gonna provide for her needs. This was gonna provide for her dreams. And so here we see Mary take this and come with it, watch, to the feet of Jesus. Can I tell you this, church? Listen, there is no better place to be than the feet of Jesus. Boy, it is the, your, your finances, your life, everything is most secure at the feet of Jesus. Because you know what happens? You saw what Jesus said to Judas. When you go to the feet of Jesus with your worship, with your money, you know what Jesus says to your enemies? Leave him alone. Get, you, get out of here. Leave her alone. Leave this family alone. Leave this business alone. Leave her alone. And she begins to worship Jesus, but she worships him with an instrument, and that is her finances. And is this man, this was, this was a big deal. This was a, a year's wage. And she begins to, worship Jesus and, 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 and pour this out over him. Give him this financial offering. Watch this. Because of her heart for Jesus and a heart for his mission. And that's beautifully foreshadowed in how she uses this. You know, when you anoint someone in biblical days, you always anointed from the head first, always the head first. But the Bible tells us that she started anointing Jesus at his feet and from his feet first. Now, what is what does the Bible tell us about our feet? What does it say about the gospel? How beautiful are the feet of those who carry the good news of the gospel of peace? When it tells us to put on the armor of God, what does it say? Make sure our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So what Mary is doing right here is she's giving this financial gift, this act of worship, and she's actually saying, Lord, I'm giving to your feet. I'm giving to the gospel. I'm giving to the furtherance of your mission. Lord, I'm giving this, this act of worship. It's, it's to further your dream, Jesus. You see, we have our dreams. Maybe it's a nicer this or a nicer that or you know this to be resolved or I wanna move to this or a better job or whatever. Can it, yes, you have a dream and those dreams are important. They're important. But the way that you get provision, you get God for your vision is you've got to learn how to value Jesus's vision above your own. You've got to learn how to value Jesus's dream above your own dream. See, Jesus has a dream. You know what his dream is? His dream is for the thousands of youth in Jacksonville to get saved, man, and to get delivered and to get pulled out of that pit. 
You know what Jesus' dream is for us, for us to build six uh, or four more locations, get buildings for the other two all around this city so we can have a thousand or 1200 seat sanctuary. So with 3000 youth here and the thousands more in our other campuses, we're gonna have over 10,000 young people worshiping God weekly on fire for God. I'm telling you, if we, if we take the youth, we can take the city. That's Jesus's dream. You know what Jesus' dream is? Jesus' dream is to see you come into a place of worship and sacrifice at his feet like Mary did. And so in that same spirit, what do he say about Mary? Look, whatever she's doing, it's gonna be remembered wherever the gospel is preached. Do you realize that what you do with your finances, the Bible says that the, the, the deeds of the righteous will never be forgotten. You know, Jesus says, if you give a cup of cold water in my name, you will certainly not lose your reward. That's what legacy is all about. Hey, how about Mary's legacy? You think she got a legacy with that financial gift? We're preaching on her today. You think she got blessed in her life, experiencing all that she experienced with the resurrection power of Jesus and all the blessings of God? She got blessed beyond any of us could even comprehend. So she gives this financial gift for the furtherance of the gospel. That She's on Jesus' feet. And then she even goes, this is so awesome. She anoints his feet. Mary must have had some long hair. You know what I'm saying? She anoints his feet. And then the Bible says, she starts to wipe his feet with her hair. So think about it. Here comes this expensive perfume. All right. Jesus smells like this perfume, right? It's going all over him. Mary starts wiping Jesus' feet with the perfume. So now Mary smells like Jesus. If I had an organ. So now Mary, watch. Mary smells like Jesus. And watch. When Mary smells like Jesus... After she wiped her hair, then the Bible says, now the house, the fragrance filled up the house. Now the house smells like Jesus. Watch this, listen. Many of us today, you know what? Unfortunately, there's some stink in your life. You got some stink in your marriage. You've got some stink in your relationships. You've got some stink in your finances. You've got some smells. It's the smell of brokenness. It's the smell of unfulfillment. It's, it's, it's the smell of, of addiction. It's the smell of sorrow. Can I tell you this? When you give that financial offering to Jesus for the furtherance of his gospel, all of a sudden, Jesus smell, his fragrance, which is healing and health and life and joy and bless. All of a sudden, that gets on you. And then guess what? It gets in your house. Some of your houses don't have the right smell right now. Your kids aren't serving God. Some of your business houses don't have the right smell right now. You, you, you can't get that business going. You don't have the right idea. Can I tell you everything you need, what you need, you need the fragrance of Christ in your business, in your house, on your own life. And watch, it came immediately when she gave that offering. How many of you will agree, smell can change an atmosphere like that. Can it? 
Listen, this happened to me just, just the other day. I was, uh, I was flying home. I was on this plane. And I'm sitting there on this plane. And all of a sudden, I'm trying to be nice. I mean, y'all don't know who he is. I, who knows where he was going? But everything was fine. Everybody was happy. Everything's good. All of a sudden, this guy walks by. Let me tell you something. A fragrance came in the plane. And it was not a good fragrance. I'm talking, it was some stink up in the plane. And so all of a sudden, immediately you could see, like everyone's like, where's that smell? Oh my. You can see people looking around. You can see people trying to hide their face, putting their nose in a pillow. I was getting this little cold. And so, I, you know, when you try to breathe heavy and then the smell gets up and it, you're just making it worse. So I was trying to catch my breath, like, uh, uh, uh. It immediately changed the whole atmosphere. I love this. And then he finally walked by. I love, I'm on, I'm on planes a lot. I love the stewardess that don't try to sugarcoat it. They just tell you like it is. You know what I'm saying? Like someone's up there trying to shove a big piece of luggage in one of those small overhead compartments. I, I don't, some stewardess be like, oh, it's okay. Let's try to make it fit. Let's da da da. Some stewardess like, you ain't never getting that in there. You better get your behind out of here and sit down because you're going to have to check that bag. That's the kind of stewardess I like. Just tell it like it is. Well, fortunately, we had one of those stewardess on the plane. That guy, she didn't make any beans about it. He walked on by. She came out there with the aerosol like. <laughs> she had that attitude like, you ain't stinking up my plane. Yes. See, fragrance, that's what happens. Fragrance changes the atmosphere in a moment. And what can happen today is you take the opportunity to worship Jesus with your finances in this special way. It's gonna unlock something and all of a sudden the fragrance of healing, the fragrance of blessing, the fragrance of, of freedom is gonna come in and it's gonna replace the, the fragrance of depression. The, what does it say about the gospel? He's gonna bring break that spirit of heaviness. He's gonna give you a spirit of rejoicing. I'm telling you that God wants to set some things free in your life and in your family and in your house, but it only comes when you connect to Jesus. How did she get the smell of Jesus on her? She connected to his vision, the feet that carried the gospel. Then it goes on to talk about the house was filled with fragrance. And then here comes Judas. Isn't it sad? This is, the, this is the first time we hear Judas say something. And it's this. And here comes Judas. He says, oh, look, that, that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. And then it says, not, it's not that he cared for the poor. It, this was the thing with Judas. You know what? He just thought that giving that kind of money to Jesus with all the other things that he wanted the money for, that wasn't the most important thing. In fact, you know what the Bible says, the word in the Greek there, when he says, you know, she's, uh, she's uh, given this, it, it, it actually the word in the Greek is waste or loss or expense. Listen, when you invest 
in Jesus' dream, it is not an expense, it's an investment. And when you invest resources for your personal needs or dream into Jesus' dream, I promise he will give you your dream back bigger and better with so much more return than it ever could be left alone. In fact, if I was up here today and I said, hey, and, and, and let's say it's, it's a, a money investment, whatever, we struck oil right underneath, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? We struck oil right underneath the church and I want everybody to be blessed. So here's the thing, whatever you give for our drills for oil, whatever, you know what? You're gonna get four times your, let's just throw it on, you're gonna get four times that money back over the next year. You know how much money we would raise? Come on, be honest, I'd invest in that, wouldn't you? You'd be like, man, you'd be borrowing from friends, give it. See, here's what I can promise you today. I can promise you that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask. God's return is gonna be better than that, but the challenge is it takes faith. See, we can see it. Okay, oh, I'm gonna, here's this, like that's all natural, that's all tangible, but with God, as scripture says, it goes to him. It takes faith believing that God is gonna return that to us, pressed down, shaken over, running into our lap, that he's gonna open the windows of heaven. That takes faith. So watch this. Judas says this. You given that kind of, you given that kind of money uh, to God's house, to Jesus, you, you given that kind of money, that's a waste. You know what? It, it, it's the same word for Perdition, loss, it's a loss, it's an expense, it's a loss. What was Judas end up being called? Son of what? Perdition, same word in the Greek, perdition. You know what Jesus was saying? If you ever think that giving finances for the furtherance of my gospel is a loss, you're lost, you're lost. Don't, this is where Judas his name manifested in his identity for what he really believed. And what I found out is this, and that in every offering, I don't believe there's any Judases in here, but you know what, in every offering, I call it, it's the voice of the spirit of Judas. And it says things, we would never say this is more important than Jesus. We don't say that, but that thinks is, but you need this money for this and you need this for that, or you could buy this, or how are you gonna fund this later in the year? It's that little voice of fear or greed or whatever. And what it's basically saying is this, is that, you know, your vision really is more important than God's vision. And what Jesus is saying this, is this, if you'll value my vision above your vision, God will take your vision and give it back to you way bigger and way better and way more blessed than you could have ever imagined it. And I'll just be honest, church, this year, that's why, listen, I need you financially blessed in 2015. You know why? Because this is not a quick war. I need you financially blessed and understanding that as you're giving, you're seeing that God return back to you because wars cost money. And the money to reach these youth and to build these campuses, it's not a, you know, this isn't a six month thing here. This is a war. And I need to know if you're in the fight. I need to know if you're willing to say yes to Jesus. 
So here's what I want you to do right now. Look, take this out, take out a few things. I wanna walk you through this real quickly. Come on, are you with me today? Y'all better, y'all better wake up. Look, let me just walk you through a few things here, okay? You can just read this. This is just gives you a, a summary of our 2014. What happened in 2014, man? It was just awesome. Thank you for your generosity. We, we launched Orlando. We were able to do sev- several different things. And then it also shows our initiatives for 2015. Let me just give you some numbers on these 2015 initiatives so you can see them. You know, we like to keep everything above board where all the money's going. In fact, our audit every year goes online. If you ever wanna see our audit, um, you can just go online and find our audit of our finances. But look, Youth and Next Gen, we talked about that, land at Orange Park, the land at St. John's. Man, we're, we're, we've got a great piece of land. We don't have it yet, it's not under contract, but we are in the negotiation process. That's for the deposit on that land. Orlando, hey, Oh, we're halfway there. We, we're giving a million dollars for our Orlando launch. You guys gave half a million last year. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? It's doing awesome. Can you believe this? Already, look, look. they had 800 people at the launch. They, they've been having over 400 people during the holiday season, and they've got si- over 600 people that call uh, Celebration Orlando their home. Th- the church has been going about two and a half months. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? Global campuses, because uh, we always give a tie. That could be a little higher. We always give at least 10% to Zimbabwe and, and our uh, global missions operations. And then this is the most important thing, church. Here's what I wanna change this year is God opportunities. We need a war chest. See, all of this money, it, it's, it's gonna be spent. The land cost is what it is, which by the way, that land in Orange Park, we got that for 760 $5,000. That is off of two ninety-five and 17 over 11 acres. That should be a $3 million piece of property. Can you give God a big, big hand for that? So we've got to pay for that. You'll see there's uh, uh, some extra thousand in there just to get the initial development done. But this is where our initiatives are going. But this got opportunities. There's so many things during the year that if we had a war chest, if we just had some margin in there, a war chest. Remember, our regular ties, that goes to fund all of our normal ministry. And, and our church is very sound financially. We have savings, we have margin, we pay down debt, all those kind of things. That's why we, we, this is that God opportunity when God says, hey, you can do, hey, you can take all these kids on a retreat at this place and do a big freedom thing for them where they can go through a freedom retreat or, hey, look, this building has appeared over here and you only have to put this down for a dream center or whatever. We need that God opportunity war chest. Are you following me? To be in there. And so these are our initiatives. Now, let me show you, hopefully you've been praying about what to give. Let me show you about how we're giving today and then we'll pray and do it. I want you to show the heart for the house numbers. This has really, really helped people. So we've been saying, you know, pray and you decide what to give. Now there's two components to the offering today. The first one is just the offering, what you're giving in the offering today for heart, for the house. Okay. Remember this is over and above your tithe. You'll see the lines there says tithe and heart for the house. If you're not tithing, don't give towards heart for the house yet. Just start tithing. That's a great starting place for you. That would be huge. 
This is over and above your tithe, heart for the house. You can give a check. If you're not prepared to give, you can, uh, there's even a box there that you can check. We'll give next week, but this is the opportunity. This is the moment. This is the special moment that we're having with Jesus. Over half of our church gives online, so you can just let us know what you're giving online, and you'll see in the chair in front of you, here's, I mean, you can text give, you can go online, there's all kind of ways you can give. I know check for many people, kind of old school. Come on, but that, that's, I still, I guess I'm getting old, you know. I, I like writing a check, you know what I'm saying? Bringing <laughs> so So that's the offering. Let me show you something. If you say, how are we gonna do it? We, we wanna get that 2.5, we wanna get half in the offering today. Heart for the House offering today, we wanna get, want get half in over and above pledges or faith estimates for 2015. So look at the offering there. So watch this. See, everyone's, if I could say dowry, that, that, that alabaster jar, that perfume there, for Mary, it was 75,000. But for everybody else, it's different. For, for some of you, like, look, there, there are a few people that can give a lot. If God has blessed you, I, I challenge you. Now, just what the scripture says in Timothy, if, you, if you've been blessed, I command you in the name of the Lord to be rich in your giving and in good works that you can lay up a foundation of eternal life. It's exactly what it says out of Timothy. Can I give you some good news? Can you believe this? One person already gave $100,000 cash. Somebody holla, come on. What? Already that, that top, look, I didn't do these numbers and go to some wealthy guy in the church that I know and say, hey, can you do this 100,000 so I can show everybody? And this was all just God moving on people's hearts. So here's what I wanna say. Maybe you're a business guy out there. Look, the top gift 100,000 has been given. Come on, man, don't let him outdo you. You can give 100,000 in one. You, you can be the top giver in the church. All right, so. But look, you'll see those households there. Some can give 80, 50, all the way down. But look, as it gets more into the mainstream where many of us are financially, like some of you could give a thousand today. Look, we, you know, this is just kind of our church giving demographic. Three, you know, 300 units. Households could maybe give 300. You know, if you're a college kid, a single mom, maybe you could give 50. The point is, I need you to pray and find your number. I need you to find your alabaster jar today. Not from what I tell you, but from what God tells you. But what we found, this is how we do it at Celebration. It's a, a number, it, it makes it easy. It makes it easy for you to find. If God gives you a different number, then do that number. But what we challenge people to do is find their number for the offering. And then, it's very, very important. Everybody pull out these. This is your faith estimate for 2015. It's separate from that, but we're turning it in for today. This is the seed we're sowing for 2015 that I believe is gonna make this faith estimate possible because God's gonna bless you back financially. He's gonna provide seed for the sower so you can be generous for all occasions. So here's the heart for the house faith estimate. Okay, so look, here's how most of us give. We give monthly. Most people give monthly, right? So once again, you'll just see, I'm asking you to find your number. Can I encourage you? Guess what? Somebody's already given, a different person has already given an 8,333 monthly faith estimate commitment for over and above giving for next year, that $100,000. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? That's, I'm just telling you, listen. I'm telling you right now, listen, listen to me. God is in this. 
And if you miss the opportunity, you're gonna miss the opportunity to harvest. If you don't get in the battle, you're not gonna get in the spoils. And that's why we have this. So you're gonna turn in your offering, okay? Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna write down your faith estimate, the number God tells you also for over and above giving next year, just whatever that monthly amount is. If you need to put something different, just write it on there. But watch, here's what I need you to do. What's your dream? What are your top three needs for 2015? What are you maybe kind of elevating down so, or what's close to your heart, but you're gonna put Jesus' dream first. I want you to write those things down and watch. You tear this off. You turn in your offering and your faith estimate for next year, the numbers that God shows you, you turn them in there. And then you know what? You keep this. And listen to me, you pray for these things. And every time you pray, you're gonna see that heart for the house. And you're gonna say, you know what, God? I gave you my gift. Lord, I value your vision. I need you to move in these. I, I, I put your house first, God. I need you to move in my house. And we're gonna go into January praying and fasting. We're gonna bombard heaven and you're gonna have the spiritual confidence. Listen, God does not respond to works. You can't buy a miracle from God, but I'm telling you, just like Jesus says, when you fast, when you pray, when you give, those three things are what exercise our faith. And when you hold this and you say, God, I put your house first, seek first the kingdom of God and everything will be added. Everything I need will be added unto me. God, here's what I need you to do for me and my house in 2015 and you're gonna pray and so watch. When these things come to pass, guess what? He's gonna prove it to you. He's gonna show you and you're the light, the dots are gonna connect and you're gonna be like, all right, I get it, I'm in. That's why I want you to keep this with the Heart From The House logo. You know why? Because God's gonna do these things for you and I don't want you thinking, oh, well, great. And no, remember this moment when you worshiped Jesus and came to his feet with that financial gift. So when he meet you putting his dream first, he's gonna make sure that your dream comes to pass and he's gonna connect the two in a beautiful, beautiful way. Can I have a good amen to that? I need you to hold on to these though, okay? So here's what we're gonna do. Let's go ahead and pray. Just bow your heads right now. See, there's numbers, there's big numbers, there's small numbers. It's everyone's at a different place financially. I need for you just to do what God puts on your heart. Find your number. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name right now. We silence the voice, that spirit of Judas, that fear or greed or doubt. We silence that right now, Lord. And God, we just value your dream above our dream. And God, we just say yes to you. We're going to war and wars cost money, Lord. And we know that as we use our finances as an instrument of worship and bring them to you today and pour them out at your feet, bring them into these buckets, God, we know that your fragrance is gonna get on our lives, get on our house, and the needs that we have are gonna be met supernaturally. You're gonna give us our dream back bigger and better than it ever was before. Lord, help us to hear your voice loud and clear. Hear your voice loud and clear. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Okay, so look, here's what we're gonna do. At all of our locations, you'll see there's these heart for the house. I like to picture these as you're coming to the feet of Jesus with your gift. They're in the back of the room. They're in the front of the room. Take your time. 
Fill out your prayer. Make sure you keep that prayer need. Tear it off. Turn in your faith estimate. Turn in your your tithe and offering and um, as your final act of worship and then you're free to go. However, listen, make this a final act of worship. Don't rush it. Stay in your seats. Pray. Fill things out. Take your time. This is a special moment, a special opportunity that we have with Jesus. And I just thank God for what he's gonna do in all of your lives in this coming year. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. And amen, may the fragrance of Jesus be in your life, your home, and your business more than ever in 2015. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.